You're listening to The Main Theme, Part 1, from Baldur's Gate 3. Released August 3rd, 2023, composed by Borislav Slavov. BG Maniacs, welcome to another bonus episode of BG Mania, a video game music podcast. I, of course, am your host, Brian, and joining me on the show today by a special request because I demanded that he be here. It's Bedroth. What? Who? Oh, you. it's me. Hey, it's Bedroth. I'm here. You are here. I wanted you here specifically for this episode because... Uh, well, you know, I'll tell you why in just a second. Real quick, if you'd be so kind, head on over to Apple Podcast or whichever app you chose and listen to us on. Drops a quick rating and a review. Really does help us out in terms of visibility so that this show continues to grow. And remember, we are on Patreon now as well. Patreon.com forward slash RPG era. Check out our tiers, see what we're doing. If you feel inclined, toss us a couple bucks each month. If not, continuing to listen to the episodes as they update each week works wonders as well. And of course, special shout out to current executive producers, Jexax and Zanku. No new comments to point out. I think we'll leave the comments out of the bonus episodes, but still, there's no new comments to point out. Um, if you guys have listened to episode 300 yet, or I should say if you haven't, go back and do so. If you have, drop us a comment. We still want to know if you guys enjoyed that format because we had so much fun doing it. Shout out to Zanku for dropping a comment in Discord. I'll, I'll call that out. Um, uh, shit. Next week's a special episode. Um <laughs> May call that out in two weeks time. We might skip comments next week, too. But um, but maybe I don't know. Maybe our uh, maybe our special guest next week would have some have some 
interesting things to say if I read some comments, but I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we'll see. We'll see. I'll, I'll play it by we'll ear. See how we feel. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll play it by ear. But this is a bonus episode. And if you couldn't tell, obviously, as you should be able to, because, you know, the titles of these spotlight episodes are very specific. I just title them spotlight and the name of the game we're focusing on. We are doing for our bonus episode in August. Uh, nope, this is posting in September. We actually have two bonus episodes posting <laughs> in September uh, because there was another game coming out soon that you also wanted to do a focus on. So we're going to do that a little bit later in September. But I have been, or I should say I was, but I have since kind of stopped because it's such a lengthy game and I did want to kind of focus on some other games as well. And I knew this game is just going to be something that I continuously go back to over the course of a year or so and just keep playing because I like Dungeons and Dragons and I like having that type of experience in a video game and I don't want to burn through this but I have been sinking some time since it released on August 3rd into Boulder's Gate 3. Now as a time of recording we are recording this on the evening of August 23rd this probably won't post until I mean, I have it scheduled to post September 2nd, but who knows if it actually will. Um, but as a time of recording, the game came out 20 days ago. It sat in early access for almost three years before the full release did finally grace us earlier this month. And I got to tell you, man, this game has taken the world, not just the video game industry, but I feel like the fucking world by storm because there has been so much positive press. So it's it, for a while and it's no longer. It makes me sad for a while. It was at a 97 on Open Critic, which is largely unheard of. Right. I think we even maybe talked about that on a previous episode of of BG Mania, we kind of glossed over like the highest rated games of all time. It was somewhat recently, uh, but it did fall back down to a 96. So Super Mario Odyssey is back to number one all time on Open Critics, still sitting at a 97. Baldur's Gate now firmly at number two at a 96. And it's it's just unheard of, right? Those those high scores, 95 and above, there's six of them on Open Critic, which is crazy. Elden Ring, Red Dead Redemption 2, Tears of the Kingdom, Breath of the Wild, Baldur's Gate 3, Super Mario Odyssey. Three of the six are Nintendo releases. <laughs> and... This has been such a strong year for video games, right? 2023 has been phenomenal. I can't wait till we do our best of 2023 later on this year, the end of December, because it's going to be insane picking what's literally the best of 2023, because there's been so many yeah. know, mid to high 80s, low 90s, mid 90s, and even high 90s with Tears of the Kingdom and Baldur's Gate 3 releasing in this year. It will be interesting since that episode, you know, we focus on the music and there may be some games that, you know, have have great soundtracks, yeah. Some of the best soundtracks that weren't, you know, the best games all around. So yeah. luckily, I think, I think a lot of the the, nice the heavy hitters this year have had some pretty excellent soundtracks. And that I know true. I've said it earlier this year, probably a few times, how certain soundtracks that I've played stuff from either on a radio hour or maybe a bonus episode, how they have been some of my favorite soundtracks. I know for sure I said it about Final Fantasy 16 being one of my favorite soundtracks mm -hmm. of this year. Um, Baldur's Gate 3 has a top spot right now for me. Like Baldur's Gate 3 soundtrack is incredible. And that's why I wanted you here. I know you have not heard anything on the soundtrack yet. I purposely asked you like to try to avoid hearing anything from Baldur's Gate 3 before we sat down to do this episode. 
Uh, I wanted you to come in blind. I wanted you to experience this for the first time and really get to talk about your feelings on each track as we move out through the bonus episode. Because I know you haven't played the game either. Obviously, you haven't heard the music, you haven't played the game. But you have told stories before how Baldur's Gate 2 was a game that you sunk a lot of time into back in the day. Yes, uh, and I will also start by saying I have not played Baldur's Gate 3. I actually haven't sought out anything in, in particular about it. I have heard people talk about it. I have seen some things in passing, but I've been kind of waiting because I wanted to come into this fresh. Uh, I poured at least 100 hours into Baldur's Gate 2 on the PC back in uh, the mid-zeros. Uh, <laughs> And the aughts, uh, really, is that what they call it now? The aughts, yeah, yeah, I think that's that's one of one of the things, probably the most common one. Uh, but yeah, back in the mid aughts, I, I got it. And, Which I hate, um, by the way. I hate that term. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just call it the 2000s. That is what it is. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> but see, we're technically still in the 2000s, though. You I know. know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, but yeah, Baldur's Gate 2 was really fantastic. I never played the first one, um, but I had been playing. D&D for about 10 years at that time and uh, not super intensively but casually I, I would always if there was a pickup game I'd jump in and it was it was really amazing to me how it took the D&D formula and translated it into a video game so well. Uh, it also kind of started my love of voice acting because uh, so many of the voices of my childhood were in that game and it was one of the first times I remember where it's like I kept thinking I know that voice I know that voice and I looked up a bunch of my favorite people like Rob Paulson and Jim Cummings and folks like that. And uh, so, you know, Baldur's Gate 2, it's pretty special for me. I don't remember the music standing out, but I remember it, you know, I, I wasn't annoyed by any of it. <laughs> and sure. I also, uh, a couple of years earlier, I had played the console version with a buddy of mine over the summer, uh, the same uh, fabled summer that I've talked about before where I played through Sonic Adventure 2 and Smash Bros. Melee and stuff like that. Uh, we played the uh, PS2 version of Baldur's Gate 2, which was more of an action RPG, more of like a, less like a dungeon crawler and more like an action RPG. So, um, but yeah, what is, uh, what is the gameplay of Baldur's Gate 3 like on console? Uh, well, I'm playing it on PC. Um, because these games are PC games to me. I would assume on console it plays very similarly, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, it is a click to move, right? Unless you're playing with a controller, which I guess I should say I have played with a controller on PC just to see how it controlled. So I imagine the console UI is the same. Okay, so you can control it with a controller and just walk around or you can, you can click to move. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. but I, okay. I do tend to prefer just because of the way these games are set up, right? I mean, they are RPGs at heart um, with that isometric over-the-top, over-the-shoulder feel, and when I play those kind of games, even action RPGs like Diablo, I like to be able to click to move or hold down the mouse button to move around continuously. Um, but that's what you get. It, right and then you will go into as you're exploring the land and the game is set up like a Dungeons and Dragons campaign so you have a game master or a dungeon master I should say that is narrating the overarching story to you but also narrating as you make choices in this game as all the Baldur's Gate games are and as all the games that are inspired by Dungeons and Dragons especially those made by Larian Studios who really knocked this one out of the park um, they allow you to dictate how you play your character, right? Like the choices you make yeah. influence your party members, influence the world. And they added so much 
in this game, like with interaction with your party members. There's so much romance, so many hot, steamy sex scenes if you're into that kind of stuff. <laughs> but um, as you're kind of walking around and exploring the the world of Baldur's Gate and kind of moving from one area to another or just kind of running down various paths to see what you can find, because as you're moving about, right, you might run past a tree or a cove or something, and then you'll see like a dice roll on the screen for like a perception check or a, a stealth check or a wisdom check or something. And if you pass, and these are just rolls that happen in the background, but you see them happen on the screen when it comes up, uh, you might notice something that if you play through it again and you run past that same spot, you might not because the dice wasn't in your favor. Um, you'll see enemies on the map. Well, not on the map. You'll see them in the world. And as you approach them, it becomes a turn-based game, right? So each character is able to do actions until they run out of quote-unquote stamina or action abilities or points or whatever you want to call it. And then you have to end that character's turn and then the next person goes. Um, usually you have enough to move around and maybe do like one attack. But if you're far away, you might only have enough stamina to move once um, and not even be able to do any attacks. But you, much like if you're used to playing Dungeons and Dragons, right, as you level up, you get access to more abilities, more skills. You can customize your class to go into, you know, right, if you're playing a fighter, you can become an Eldritch Knight, um, things like that. And at heart, it is just one massive Dungeons and Dragons campaign in a video game. And I think Larian Studios did it even better in Baldur's Gate 3 than they did previously with Divinity Original Sin 2, which also was phenomenal. So I'm so excited to kind of see what Larian Studios kind of does in the future now because they've really made a name for themselves with this style of game and just perfecting it, knowing what the player base wants, knowing how to do this and make it just feel so smooth, so good. Um, this game is special and I think it's going to be talked about for quite some time to come and I would not be shocked. I already know for sure it's going to be up for an award at Jeff Keighley's Game Awards in December. He actually just said at Gamescom opening night live this past Tuesday, as of time of recording on the 22nd of August, that the Game Awards will be on Thursday, December 7th. I know for sure that this game will be nominated for Game of the Year, and I honestly think it has a strong chance to win, which is crazy because coming into this year, I never would have thought Baldur's Gate 3 would be up there, but it is. Yeah. And it has a chance to beat Tears of the Kingdom, which I thought had a lock on this year. It's it's really surprising to me, too, not because Baldur's Gate is bad by any means, but because it feels, I don't know, it just it just feels more niche, but I guess... One of the big differences between this and D&D games of the past is D&D has kind of quietly over the last two decades just taken over the world. Oh, yeah. It's everywhere, dude. And YouTube. Like, it's Twitch. amazing. Yeah. yeah how many people? everywhere. Yeah. I mean, you got things like Critical Role and you got the, uh, um, the movie. You got uh, the Adventure Zone um, and other podcasts. You got, um, you know, books about Gary Gygax. And, of, of course, you've always had D&D books, but it's... You know, it's so much in our minds now that I guess, you know, it, it, it's it's there. But it also like like click to move adventures don't seem like as popular of a genre. But again, right. Diablo. Um, and what is it, though, that you think makes uh, before we get into the blocks, we're going to, I guess, front load all our talking. What is it that you think makes <laughs> Baldur's Gate three game of the year material over some other more recent similar games like it? I think it 
has a lot to do with the developers. Um, like I said before, Larian Studios, right? I think they just understand this style of formula and how to do it so well. But the individual characters that they've created for this particular quote-unquote campaign, right? There are some characters that are original Wizards of the Coast characters, so, you know, they couldn't take liberties with a lot of things, but they do have a set amount of characters that are quote-unquote origin stories that you can play through, or you can customize your own character and just kind of recruit these origin story characters as you go. Now, if you choose to play as an origin story character, you can also still recruit the other characters. It's not like they're gone forever. Uh, or you can not recruit them because that's a choice you could make. You can choose not to help them, not to save them, and not to pull them into your party. Um, again, they give you total customization and total freedom of your world and your experience. And I think that's what they do well. It, it's honestly like sitting down with a group of friends, especially if you play this game co-op or with other people, which I've not done. I've only played it single player. But if you were to play it with others, it really is playing a massive Dungeons and Dragons campaign just in video game form. And as you said, we all know at this point in time how big Dungeons and Dragons really is. I'm kind of like you where I never actually sat down and had like a weekly campaign that I was a part of or that I just consistently did over time. But I would always jump into one-off games here and there or fill in a spot if I knew like friends that were playing but someone wasn't able to make it. I've played D&D in the past, but I've not played a lot of D&D in the past. But I love Dungeons and Dragons. And I think watching, like I said, I, I'm, I'm a massive fan of Critical Role. I, I don't think I'm caught up. I'm definitely not caught up on their series. But I go through and watch videos of their campaigns all the time because it's so interesting to me. And it's so interesting how these dungeon masters, while they do have things pre-planned, right? You can never plan for what someone's going to say or someone's going to do or try to do. So the, the creativity of thinking things up on the fly and changing things on the fly and the, the insanity that ensues, you get that here in this game because again you have total freedom if you want to run around and you know throughout certain story missions they give you options and one of the options early on in the game you can either choose to save the, the sacred druid grove or side with the goblins and completely wreck it and if you do that you lose access to two two characters that you could technically recruit into your party that one of them is killed and the other one leaves because you're an asshole so um, yep. it's it's insane the level of the chains have been ripped off, right? This is a completely open game that you are able to do what you want to do. And Larian Studios, like I said, that's that's why they understand it and they take their time. There's a reason this game sat in its early access for three years, but it was worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I guess one of the things that makes this one so successful is that it actually delivers on what it promises. Yeah. Which they didn't Peter so it up. shoot for the moon and then they fall short. But this one apparently zoomed right out into space. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we definitely front loaded the conversation there. Like you said, um, we may or may not talk more on the gameplay. Probably not so much on the story, because, again, I, I already gave one thing away that happens early on, but it happens so early on that it really doesn't matter. 
um, because this game is a hundred plus hours, right? Act one alone is like 30-ish hours. There's three acts in the game. That's why there's also three main themes in the game. There's part one, part two, part three. So um, we opened up the show by taking a listen to the main theme, part one, which plays, you know, right at the start of the game. And right away, you're already getting a sense of what you're going to expect on the rest of this episode. To me, from start to finish, and the Boulder's Gate 3 soundtrack is robust. It has 44 tracks, which is kind of nice. One of those tracks is a deleted track that didn't actually make the game, but still on the soundtrack, it's there. Uh, 43 official tracks here, which is a decent length. And honestly, it is such an amazing soundtrack for a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Like if you put this on in the background when you were sitting around the table playing with your friends, it's the perfect type of music for that. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of the feeling I had when I heard that opening track. It, it made me interested to get into it and hear some more. Perfect. Well, what do you say we do that before we talk the uh, first hour and just <laughs> only listen to one piece of music? Yep, I think that's a good idea. Let's continue. So in the main theme part one, there is a melody that you hear that kind of persists, at least for the first minute or so. And I think it does make an appearance again toward the end. You're going to hear that same melody in our next track that we're about to play, but in vocal form. Now, the next track that we're about to play also has been played on BG Mania in the past. So I'm kind of breaking my own rule a little bit, but it's okay. We played this track three years ago. I believe I brought this to a radio hour after Boulder's Gate 3 hit early access because I bought it three years ago, right? I bought this game when it came out in early access and I thought that I had played it with somebody and I could have sworn it was Sean, but he doesn't have it. So I know it couldn't have been him. I don't know who the <laughs> hell I played this game with, but I know I played it with somebody unless I'm completely just delusional. Now it was 2020 and I already was into the cannabis at that time. So I could just be delusional, <laughs> but um, this track is incredible and you may not remember it from the show. I wanted you to hear this track. And again, I wanted you to be here to really give your thoughts on these tracks as we go through because I think you're going to be blown away by what you're about to hear on the rest of the show. I'm so excited, dude. let's get into this. Let's take a listen. And again, not going to say it every time because it's a bonus episode. It's kind of like uh, a mini composer appreciation episode. We'll talk maybe a little bit on Borislav Slavov when we come back from this first block of music. Not going to say it every time. Game came out August 3rd, 2023. Everything you're hearing today is composed by Borislav Slavov. I don't have specific credits for the vocalist you're going to hear throughout the episode. I wish I did, but it's just not available. It's not on the official soundtrack credit notes. It's not on VGMDB. I can't find them. So I can't credit the actual vocalists that do such a phenomenal job, but that's okay, right? We can still appreciate the music. Let's take a listen to Down by the River from Boulder's Gate 3.
Up next, let's take a listen to Nine Blades from Baldur's Gate 3.
closing out this block, we're going to take a listen to Harpy Song from Baldur's Gate 3. Coming back in, we are first going to discuss Down by the River from Baldur's Gate 3, which just so happens to be the character creation music in the game. <laughs> Freaking phenomenal, I, dude. I don't remember hearing this before. Um, maybe just because... It's in our it's in our spreadsheet, so I know we've played it. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I, I believe it. Um, it reminds me a lot of uh, some of the other vocal tracks, especially some of the ones from like The Last of Us and things like that. Um, just with that dark uh <laughs> ethereal uh, you know melancholy <laughs> flavor it's um uh just i i don't have words it, it was it blew me away and you're gonna feel like that like the throughout the entire episode <laughs> <laughs> seems like the kind of song i could listen to for three hours while while i'm making the perfect character yeah and that's the thing man you spend so much time because not only are you creating your own character but you're creating a guardian as well that you will eventually which i have not uh encountered yet but you do create a guardian character as well that kind of will play a part in your story so you technically 
technically do create two characters once you start a campaign. Um, and it takes so long. This is one of the most in-depth, robust character creators I've seen in a video game. You can literally change and do anything. It is phenomenal. Again, just like the game has such a sense of freedom in what you can do, you have that there with your character creation as well. You can really make anybody or anything that you can envision. It's probably possible to make it come to life in Baldur's Gate 3. I wish I knew who the vocalist was here. She is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really cool. Uh, sounds a little familiar, but I don't know uh, these professional vocalists well enough really to uh, to be able to place any of them, but really enjoyed the voc- uh, enjoying all the vocals so far, and I'm excited to hear more of them. Yeah. So like I said, we would talk a little bit about Borislav Slavov. Um, I don't know a ton about him, to be fair. I know he's from Belgium. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I know that he is, according to SFI.pl, which, I, what's .pl? Is that like a Polish website? Yeah, I'm pretty thing? sure that's Poland. Yeah. Uh, it says he's a multi, multiple award-winning video game composer and music director. His career in the game industry started in 20, uh, 2001, when his passion for games leads him to his first soundtrack production for the RTS game Kings of Honor, Knights of Honor, sorry. After the successful debut, he continues to work on game titles like Two Worlds 2, which I was not a fan of, but it did have a good soundtrack. World Shift, Gothic 3 as well. And then in 2009, he joined the Crytek team where he started doing music for Cry- um, Crisis. So he did music on Crisis 2, Crisis 3, Warface, and Rise Son of Rome. And in 2016, he actually, so he is an in-house Larian Studios composer. So he joined Larian in 2016 and did the music for Divinity. The original Sin 2 and now Boulder Skate 3. Very cool. Very cool, man. And uh, yeah, I am not familiar with uh, almost any of those games. I have heard of the Crisis games, but never played or even seen them to my knowledge. Um, but but yeah, I mean, the guy obviously has chops. He's up there with uh, um, like this would stand next to like Howard Shore, Bear McCreary and that sort of, you know, speaking of that, fantasy. speaking of those two and going back to our uh, Masters of Hollywood appreciation, you may not have caught the opening to opening night live from Gamescom with Jeff Keighley this past Tuesday on the 22nd. However, I encourage you to go back and watch like the first 10 minutes. Einan Zur okay. does a beautiful, beautiful performance for the main theme of Starfield. Oh, cool. Okay. All on a rolling piano. I'll do it. I, uh, I'm a sucker for, uh, for great piano performances. So, <laughs> but yeah, this track is something else, man. I knew we had played it before. I wanted to include it again. It's one of my favorite tracks on the soundtrack for Baldur's Gate 3. The, uh, the next one, um, coming in sounding at first kind of like a, like a Dwarven song, but then yeah, a little bit, it, it just, it has that also that heroic, you know, going into battle, you know, with it like, is battle you know, music. Yep. Uh, Aragorn riding in on on his horse, you know, with his sword drawn kind of feel to it. <laughs> the battle for Absolutely. Gondor type thing. Yeah, this is one of the uh, several battle themes that you could potentially hear when you get into combat in Baldur's Gate 3. This is one of my favorite battle themes, which is why I brought this one to the show. I, I, I tried to kind of mix in like my favorite stuff, but then stuff that like I know a lot of other people enjoy as well, just based off of comments and things that I've seen online. So this track is really cool, but I gotta say, man, my favorite part of this track starts at about like the three minute 45 second mark when, <laughs> yeah, the, when the, female the, the female vocals come back in. in. Yes! Mm, Dude, the female mm. vocalists kill it on the soundtrack 
<laughs> yeah, and some of those harmonies in the last minute of this track just really, they just, mm, it's like, I don't even know how to describe it, but I feel like I'm stretching so I can touch both parts of the harmony, but it also is kind of like I'm stretching so far, it's like turning back in on myself. It just, it's the tension. The tension is just fantastic. And it's like the tension I feel in my chest right now as I'm trying to avoid having a panic attack. Yeah, like <laughs> like that. Um, like that. Uh, speaking of, speaking of panic attacks, <laughs> um, w when you do go into battle in this game, uh, are the is the battle music for the quote-unquote normal battles, is it just random, or are there certain songs for battles in certain areas or against certain types of creatures or things like that? So I've only, again, I'm still in Act 1, so I haven't progressed into too, like, too many areas of the map as of this point in time, but the battle music in the areas that I've been in tends to be primarily the same music. There are certain script okay. battles and some battles that do have different music, and we're going to get to some of those tracks later. I can't freaking wait for you to hear <laughs> one of the tracks later on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this this one is, I think it's a common battle theme. I think before the official soundtrack came out, uh, when it was still in early access, people just used to refer to this one as like battle music too. Um, it is it is a common one that you'll hear at various points throughout the game. Yeah, it serves for battle music. There's not really a whole lot else I can say for it, but um, if I you know if I were hearing this over and over in battles in a certain area, I I wouldn't be wouldn't be upset. And it's got the right feel where it it's up tempo, it's higher energy, but it's not like stress inducing, which is what yeah. I think a good battle song. You know, really when it is. first kicked in, you said, this is what I expected from the Baldur's Gate <laughs> 3 soundtrack, right? Like, this is the type of yep. feel. Not knowing anything and listening to it for the first time, you have like a preconception in your head of like what you're probably going to hear. This is honestly a very good representation of that. Uh, the uh, Now, this is what I expected. The next song, when I saw the title, I did not expect <laughs> what, what man, we got. Oh, man, do I love this track. We're talking about Harpy Song from Baldur's Gate 3. And you nailed it. And I thought the same thing when I first heard this in the game. You said, man, this isn't really like a harpy song. This is more like a siren song. And what do you think of when you hear sirens, right? Or, or think of sirens, right? They're these mythical beings that sing. They're beautiful. And they use their, their voice and their melodies to lure in these unsuspecting sailors or people or adventurers or whatever. But you're so captivated by the music when you hear it that all you want to do is keep listening. And that's the feeling you get when you first encounter this track for the very first time in the game. You stop in your track, at least I did. You stop in your tracks and you just let it play, dude. You get whisked away. Yeah. Oh, man, I this song, I mean, it, it, it's similar in a way to the Down by the River song, but it's it less, is. It, it's less focused. It doesn't have the same like momentum, I guess, that because uh, Down by the River sounds like a song, like with a with a through line and like verses and things like that. This is just it, it's it's more like a meditation. It, it, it Ooh, just sucks good, you in. Good and, description. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm listening to it again and I keep having to fight the urge to uh like stop and just listen. You're get, you're <laughs> getting lured in by the sirens, dude. It's what happens. Yeah, I mean, it draws you in and invites you to just kind of sit with the feelings that it gives you. That's it, it. It's like a meditation in that way. And I don't know if you get the same type of um, emotions that I do or the same type of like reactions internally. But when I hear a lot of the music, and and this is going to be a common thing for me as we progress throughout this playlist. 
I I feel like I'm on the verge of like wanting to cry or wanting to shed tears, but I don't like I but I have that feeling like I start to feel it, but it never actually comes. A lot of these tracks in Baldur's Gate 3 are super emotional to me, and they're really not even like meant to be super emotional at times. Some of them are, but there is so much emotion packed into this soundtrack by Borislav Slavov. It's incredible. I think I mean, I, I feel like I, I at least and probably a lot of our generation can't hear a soundtrack like this without comparing it to the Lord of the Rings soundtrack. That's not a knock against it. It's just that is the Howard Shore really just brought a genre into a new era when he wrote that epic score. And so everything that came after it, I I feel like kind of harkens back to it, Uh, like science fiction scores do to John Williams. And this song, so Nine Blades, I already talked about, it reminded me of some of the battle music and the dwarf music and things like that. This reminds me of two things in the Lord of the Rings soundtrack and just strictly the way it sounds with the female vocals and just that otherworldly mysterious vibe it's got going on yeah, it really reminds me of Lot- it reminds me of Lothlorien okay uh, the elven yeah the elven city of Lothlorien um, it just it's I, I picture the light and just that pale pure white light and the elves just kind of like almost floating around because they're so light and so graceful and and, uh, you know, just like gold and it just feels good. But also it feels old in a way that it, it, it's not it's not a happy, good feeling. It's like and it's not even like a peaceful, good feeling. It's right. really like I'm in the presence of something and I'm not even really sure I'm supposed to be here kind of feeling. <laughs> The, the other thing it reminds me of, just in the way that it makes me feel, is Annie Lennox's performance in the credits of uh, Return of the King of Into the West, which okay. is one of my favorite songs ever. Okay. And it gives me that same kind of feeling. And, and I wish I knew more about what was happening here, but I'm also kind of glad I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to spoil a lot of things uh, because, again, I, I think this game is the perfect type of game for you to kind of experience some of this on your own. Now, it is unfortunate because of the way we do the podcast, right? Uh, and playing the music that you'll have heard if you've never played Baldur's Gate 3 and you decide after he- hearing this episode, man, this is amazing. I want to check this out. It may not have the same impression on you hearing it for the first time in the game, but I hope that it will. And honestly, I think this particular track would, even though you've already heard it. Man, I'm listening to it again. Of course, the vocals... Oh, I've listened to it like five times since we've been talking. Take front and center. <laughs> The vocals are front and center, but I mean, it's not so much like Enya, but like modern Enya. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the flutes and the little percussive, like, like bits here and there. Um, the strings, of course, in the background. Of course. Man, that flute when it comes in, just adding that, that spice. Just, ooh. Mm. And whoever the vocalist is, right, she did a great job. You like to say tracks yeah. when they have a sense of danger. This track, mm. even though you don't really get from start to finish a sense of danger, it's hidden in there, right? Harpies, yes, sirens, they are a dangerous mythological creature because of what they do and who they are. And you get that just in the the tone and the way that she, because it's not, it's not perfect either, right? Like, and it's yeah. intentionally done. 
It's compelling, but yes. it's not inviting. Right. Yeah. All right, man. That so that was good. really good. I uh, so good. I'm ready to move on, just so we don't uh, we don't keep. Yeah, dude. We can. <laughs> like I said, these tracks are gonna blow you away. We could probably talk 20 minutes on each single one. Like, there's just so much to unpack and so much to say. But yeah, you're right. Let's jump to another block because I think everyone's probably ready to hear more. Let's go ahead and take a listen as we move into our second block on this bonus episode to 16 Strikes from Baldur's Gate 3.
Up next, let's take a listen to The Weeping Dawn from Baldur's Gate 3. Last up in this block, let's take a listen to Twisted Force from Baldur's Gate 3.
Coming back in, we are starting off with 16 strikes. No, not 16. How did that song go? 16 candle. 16 <laughs> yep. candles. Something like that, right? Uh, that's right, man. Classic. Uh, 16 strikes <laughs> from Baldur's Gate 3. Again, we are uh, listening to some battle themes here. And man, this is this. I, I don't even know how to say anything else besides everything we're listening to today. It's so good. It is so good. It certainly goes some places, doesn't it? It sure does. <laughs> 16 different places. Oh, man. This, uh, I mean, I want to point out, uh, I realized while we were listening, this song is in 9-8 time, which is perfect. Uh, I don't think it, it could work in anything else. Um, gives it a really like restless, really like forward moving, like you got to constantly keep keep getting pushed forward by the music. It's really good. And what it does within that, um, starting out with this sort of calm, like building, almost like getting ready for a battle. And then it gets into the battle and then it's like the aftermath. It's this song tells the story of a fight. Oh, 100% from start to finish. Like you get the entire battle in this track and what's really cool I didn't pick up on this but I'll give credit to the person uh, Sergeant Squeegee on YouTube <laughs> that actually said this track actually has leitmotif from the 2002 Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance game in it which is sick that I think may be the one I played on console not it probably actual is. Baldur's Gate but Dark Alliance that sounds right. I think it's I think it's the most like well known console version before probably Baldur's Gate three because I think a lot of people are gonna be picking this up on PS three or PS five, not PS three. My god, why am I going twenty years back in the past? Uh <laughs> PS five and Xbox well, we're talking series about 20 when years it comes out. That's that's true. That's two thousand two. That's probably where my head was. <laughs> Oh, dude, it's so good. It is. It is. This music is, I, I, I don't know when I'm going to pick up a copy of this game because I don't want to play it on console. It's just not that kind of game for me. Yeah, no, And it's my PC. computer can't, it can't handle this game. Um, It doesn't have the, a, the a big enough, the processor is too old and uh, I'm sure my graphics card's out of date. So you also need to wait till I get a better computer. Oh, no space. This game is massive. It's like a hundred plus gigs. I've got the space, but I don't have the power. <laughs> um, I, I have the RAM. You 
You are not playing I, with power. It's the processor. I mean, it would it would kill my my computer. But come on, Bedjoth. You got to play I with superpower. Uh, I think I'm gonna look up a Let's Play though, which isn't gonna do anything for me because like yeah, every because single it'll Let's be Play completely is gonna be different. different. Yeah, <laughs> that's what's so sick. Like if you watch people play this on Twitch or YouTube or whatever, your experience in Baldur's Gate Three is gonna be so drastically different from somebody else's. Yeah, you know, main story beats are the same, and you'll hear the music before you would in game. Kyle, the day this game came out, I streamed it to him for like two or three hours. And he just watched me play for the opening, like, stuff. And he's like, man, this isn't spoiling anything for me because I'm going to make totally different choices than you did. And it's yep. it's completely in the realm of possibility to replay this game so many times and honestly never see the same thing again or see the same thing yeah. in a different way or a different perspective. And that's so cool. Yeah, that's Man, the that's female incredible. vocalist comes back in at the end of this track and she just kills it. <laughs> yeah, she does, dude. This whole, I mean, everything about this track is... The, the the vocals the uh the horns the strings the flutes you know all the woodwinds uh it just this is a this is an epic track yeah very much so very much so then we move into another vocal track that i adore the weeping Love dawn song, from Baldur's gate 3 and what's really unfortunate is that you and i've not heard this one and from here on i've not heard the rest of the tracks in the game i have listened to the soundtrack from start to finish like probably 20 plus times since I got it. Um, <laughs> but I know for a fact, based on what people have said, both in the YouTube comments and just seeing things online, um, this is completely missable in the game. Yeah, it is tied to a quest. Like. It and is a tied to a bard one. quest. Yeah, it's tied to yeah. a bard quest where you are helping an individual character complete this beautiful ballad. And if you choose not to partake that quest or ignore it or don't finish or whatever, you will never get the payoff of hearing this track. And that's so crazy because it's so gorgeous. Like you would think this would be a marquee track that they want to highlight. No, nope, they tucked it away in a side mission. Now, for anybody who doesn't want to know anything at all, I will not say the name of the character, but I will say yeah, that's the voice why I didn't actress either. that's why I didn't either. for this character. The voice actress for this character is named Rebecca Hansen. This is evidently her first voice acting work. And it, do we think I, it's her singing? I, it? I, I would think so. Uh, everywhere I looked, it didn't list a different voice actress for singing, and I feel like. Since the character herself is singing in the game, they would. Uh, so I, I'm, I feel comfortable crediting her. And if we ever find out otherwise, then we'll find that's out. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I'm good with it. Um, what did you yeah, say her name was good. one more time? Rebecca Hansen. I also just sent it to you in the chat. Mm-bop. That kind of Hansen? <laughs> no, with two S's. So there you go. Your <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I also have to ask something really quickly, and and this this may be a very very minor like cameo style spoiler. So I guess skip ahead like twenty seconds if you don't want to hear. You mentioned that there are other characters in this game from uh, like D and D lore. Uh, are Minsk and Boo in this game? As far as you have seen, uh, Minsk M I N S C, right? I think so. Yes. So. Okay. He yeah. is in there. Okay. Um, all right. That's all I need to know because he was my favorite <laughs> from Baldur's Gate 2. I love him so much. But okay, cool. So <laughs> Baldur's Gate 3 takes place 120 years after Baldur's Gate 2 Shadows of Om. Okay. Okay. But he, but he is there. Gotcha. All right. Um, all who, right who is the man. other character that you asked about? 
Uh, it's, um, okay, again, minor spoiler, it's Boo, his pet hamster, who I doubt is still there unless... <laughs> I don't know about him. Okay. Not sure. Okay. Not sure. I would, I would assume yes. I would assume yes. They're kind yes. of a matching pair, so yes. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I'll, I will be interested to, to find that out, so. But yeah, man, this, this song is just so, it's so emotional, and I'm sure that in game it will be even more so, so. Um, Yahira is also in the game, too. Oh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Yep, she, she's there as well. <sighs> All right, dude. Unfortunately, yeah, this... not romanceable, though. Unfortunately, not romanceable. <laughs> Again, Larian only did the romance with their original characters. They could not take liberties with Wizards of the Coast's actual characters because those two are, you know, owned by Wizards of the Coast. No, no seducing drizzed. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, man. But yeah, okay. man, th- this That's track great. is something else. It's so and it, and it fits the bard persona so well like oh my god i could sit and listen to this from someone play it for hour i would love to hear a live version of this i'll have to play this for dusk as well because uh, apparently the character who sings this is a tiefling and uh dusk's current dnd character is a tiefling as well so nice very very nice that's awesome Oh man. man, okay. Well, the Love last this. track we listen to will go away from the Weeping Dawn and we will go into Twisted Force from Baldur's Gate 3. This which, is so cool. So, dude, <laughs> I told you this track is something else. It's so nasty. Like, there is, is so many, like, just raw things going on in the background with the instrumentation. It almost mm-hmm. feels like you're in hell, right? Like, with a lot of the way that they're doing the instrumentation and in, in um, the distortion and the yeah, string bending and absolutely. the like absolutely the, the raw sound of the fingers on the fret on yeah the, it's on the very manipulate yeah. like the manipulation that they do with some of the instrument dude it's insane used to just be known as battle music 3 which is crazy yeah. well and it reminds me of mordor uh that's why i asked you if you knew if this took takes place in like an orc or goblin encampment yeah, unfortunately um, i don't know kind of mordor but more like i guess almost more like isengard because it's like you said it's dirty it's uh not and not dirty in in that same dark like ominous oppressive mordor way but just like ugh, like like a troll picking his butt <laughs> <It's kinda> <laughs> <laughs> but also um this is going to sound a little insulting after what i just said but it's not. Uh, it sounds really Slavic, like Eastern European um, and Russian. It's got that uh, again, you said Borislav Slavov is from, I mean, Slav is in his name twice but he's from Bulgaria? Bulgaria, yep. Yeah, so uh, I really feel like he's tapping into some of that, some of his culture here because this sounds like, it sounds like the like Bulgarian folk music and like the Hungarian stuff, like the or- orchestral, the classical stuff that was then based on that folk music. Um, it's got some little bit of Wagner in there, but again more eastern than Wagner because he was German but if there were like a there probably is if there were like a big Bulgarian opera I feel like this would fit right in yeah you and I were trying to figure out like man what language is this like modeled after if it's not an actual language and it, and it might be Slavic it really might be um, might be a, yeah it might be a Slavic language or you know it might like in a universe language like the orcs or something like that but yeah that I, I don't anybody know. out there knows <laughs> let, it, let us know enlighten us yeah because this is this is so cool this is again um i have a lot of favorites on the soundtrack but this is another one of my favorites just because of how dude it has such an evil undertone to it and it's really not even an evil it's a battle track but it has such an evil undertone to it it's so cool it's so unique i i like it a lot yeah yeah like it's, it's a lot. awesome it is awesome 
Oh man. Okay. 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 So this next block we're about to get to has the track that I can't wait for you to hear. <laughs> and it's at the end of this block. Okay. Okay. I am interested. I like all of these titles, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm interested. So let's get into it. All right, let's do it. Let's go ahead and start off our third block as we uh, focus entirely today in this bonus episode on Baldur's Gate 3. Of course, it's a spotlight episode. Let's take a listen to a threat from Nether Years, again, from Baldur's Gate 3. Coming up next, let's take a listen to Gather Your Allies from Baldur's Gate 3.
Closing out our third block, let's take a listen to Song of Balderon from Baldur's Gate 3. Cast anew 
Coming back in, we are first talking about a threat from Nether Years, again from Baldur's Gate 3, which just as a reminder did release on August 3rd, 2023. Everything you're hearing today is composed by Borislav Slavov. Man, oh. <laughs> some of these tracks that I've that that we're playing today, obviously, like I said, from like the Weeping Dawn on, I've not heard in the game. Um, there's again 43 tracks on the soundtrack. We're playing a snippet of what's available on the entire OST. Um, I can't wait to hear so many of these things in the game and just kind of piece things. Because again, I've heard all the music now at this point. I want to see what's happening. Because I know some of these are cutscenes, some of these are battles, some of these are scripted battles, some of these are hidden away inside missions, like we talked about with the weeping dawn um i want to see what's going on in the story when some of this music is happening because it just sounds so epic this track in particular has a very epic feel to it but also man again the choir the choir is in they, they make an appearance in like 95 percent of the tracks in this on the soundtrack and they kill it every single time. Yeah, yeah. this uh, um, this block was really great. Did you want to uh, issue your correction about what you said before we came in? <laughs> oh, yeah. Thanks for reminding me. So the last track of that block is not the one I wanted you to hear. It's the last track of the next block. I look too far ahead. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one I'm most excited for you to hear today on this playlist. Knowing what you I'm like excited. and I'm knowing excited how the track three. is done. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm excited about all three of those titles in the next one, but uh, anytime that you tell me I'm going to like something, I usually do. So no, I think, uh, I think you're going to love it. This reminds me, um, again, going back to kind of a Slavic thing, this was actually Russian, uh, I believe. I'm looking it up right now because uh, I was just listening to, again, we're talking about a threat from Nether Years, and I'm back to about the 45 second mark is where this came in. Modest Masorgsky, that's what I thought. Masorgsky was a Russian composer who I think I mentioned on the uh, my classical episode earlier this year. Um, Night Sounds on Bald familiar. Mountain is the, the name of the song. Yeah. I think it's his most famous yeah, it's his most yeah, famous yeah, single. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm very familiar with that Fantasia. one. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this that part uh, around the 45 second mark reminds me just in the way it sounds of Night on Bald Mountain. But th this track has that same sense of danger. And I mean, the nether years, Night on Bald Mountain, um, is associated with the Deep Enchurn a bog in because of Fantasia. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's got that sort of demonic quality to it. Absolutely. If, um, if Twisted Force was an orc track, this is like a Balrog track, like a Mordor track, you know? <laughs> okay. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I was telling you as we were listening to this block, like it sticks out so much to me because we obviously do the, uh, the community event, the Masters of EGM every single year. Like, mm -hmm. if you don't already consider Borislav Slavov as a Master of EGM, just after what he's done with Boulder's Gate 3 and some of his previous work, but I think his standout <laughs> um, work at this point has got to be the soundtrack for Boulder's Gate 3. If he keeps this up, Dude, he is going to be, he's going to be on everybody's mind. Like, he's going to take this industry by soundtracks. storm if he keeps this up. Yeah, there are a few soundtracks out there that I think, man, just the soundtrack to this game is enough to submit you as a master. Um, because of just the, the, the depth and breadth of the music uh, and, and the quality and just how, how everything comes together. Uh, you know, this goes right up there with uh, with soundtracks that's, uh, to me, like Chrono Trigger and um, Final mm -hmm. Fantasy VII, Cave Story, uh, Shovel Knights, those kinds of 
of of things. Um, Very memorable. It's one of those, yeah, memorable, career-making, and genre-defining. You know, also, I mean, it it doesn't hurt that those were all part of games that were also genre-defining and just like zeitgeist-breaking games, uh, which this one currently also is as well. (laughs) Absolutely (laughs) it is, man. This is going to go down, I think, as probably the best Dungeons & Dragons-inspired game of all time until maybe Baldur's Gate 4. And and only if Larian Studios develops the sequel to this. If anyone else does it, I don't know if anyone else could do it justice at this point. I got two things to say before we we move into talking about Gather Your Allies. Uh, I want to highlight the strings in A Threat from Nether Years uh, because they were just really the stars of the show. Uh, Second thing, the only thing that I came across uh, before we came into this that was like an official thing about Baldur's Gate 3 was a review that I saw somebody write because it, it was clickbait, but it was Baldur's Gate 3 is an amazing game based uh, is an amazing video game based on a uh, based on a bad tabletop premise or something like that. I don't even remember the title, but basically the guy's point was that Baldur's Gate 3 is great. He doesn't think it's going to have legs because one of the major drawbacks it has that live D&D doesn't is that your DM is a computer. And so it's not as sensitive to like playing on the fly and improving along with the, the players and like, oh, they want to do this. Okay, well, I'm going to shift this way. But it sounds like what you're saying from your perspective is that it actually does do that as well as a computer can at this point. It does. Um, yeah. I mean, and, and obviously... It does it well enough to be massively successful, even if it, it still at this time falls short of that, that human intuition that uh, well, right. computers don't have yet, but are probably going to soon. Go back, <laughs> go back to our AI takeover episode, right? Like, mm-hmm. we ran into some struggles doing that, but um, as this type of technology advances, it will, in the future, as they continue to refine this formula, and, and I hope, again, I hope they continue this series as the developers for Baldur's Gate, um, you're going to be able to get more intricate, almost human-like dungeon masters being done by the computer, by what's been developed and programmed. And already, Baldur's Gate 3 has that sense. Yeah, it's not, I can't go around slaying everybody or doing something that I could try to do in a tabletop adventure, but you have a lot of sense of freedom. And they do a great job making this feel. Yeah, correct. And it gives you the illusion that, yeah, this person that's narrating what you're doing is an actual person that you start to connect with because of how much she actually narrates. She's a great narrator. She does a phenomenal job. That's awesome. That's awesome. It would almost, I guess it would almost have to be not procedurally generated, but the game would have to be written in such a way and the AI implemented in such a way that the AI could actually rewrite what is about to happen in the game based on your choices. Like it's not, it's not a pre programmed thing because it's completely random. It's like you decide to do this exact thing and the game rewrites, basically kind of shuffles the rest of the game's code based on what you do. It would have to be something that advanced, which I'd be interested to see how close we are to something like that. Narrator, by the way, played by Amelia Tyler, who is a British actor. She is phenomenal. Okay, cool, cool. Very nice. Yeah, yep. I'm looking forward to checking out job. some some gameplay of this. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, moving into Gather Your Allies. This is yeah, this is straight yeah, up yeah. classic medieval. This is a paladin song, like I told you. I don't know yeah, if it really is. Yeah, you were telling me about that. Yeah, I don't know that it is either, it but like. damn it. You're right. It does sound like it. It does have that um, spiritual vibe 
to an extent, right? Even though, um, you know, the title Gather Your Allies probably tells me that it's at a pivotal point of the game where everybody probably comes together. Don't know for sure. Well, and there, but there is a part could be. of like, there's a, there's a dangerous sound starting at about the minute mark. So there is some tension here. There is. Yeah. Absolutely. You said that this gave you, what did you say this reminds you of? Just now? Uh, no, while we were listening to it. Um, oh, I don't remember. Uh, Warcraft. Warcraft. Oh, thank you. Yeah, this track. <laughs> Dude, I don't remember what I say half the time. Like I said, <laughs> I was telling you before we started recording based on what we're going to be doing next week. Like when when I, when I know we're not live, I'm an incoherent as hell sometimes. Um, <laughs> but this does have a strong Warcraft feel to it to me. And especially there's one section of this track. Let's see if I can find it real quick by kind of skipping. Yeah. Um, the, like the minute 55 on has a really strong Warcraft feel to me, maybe around the two minute mark actually on, um, well, and to me, when that's those also strings the come turning back point. Yeah, yeah. 100%. That's when, that's when it starts to move away from that danger and move into that big triumphant sound, but it's cool because it goes back and forth a couple of times first, like, you know, like an epic battle scene. Uh, I mentioned that this reminds me more of Chronicles of Narnia soundtrack than Lord of the Rings soundtrack. Uh, which is not a knock against it. It's just a different style, but that big a triumphant sound, especially at like the 2.30 mark, when it really comes back in and those horns just start to soar. Mm, good stuff. It's so cool how Borislav Slavov, like as the tracks progress, they do so many different movements and he seems to like save something special for the ending few seconds <laughs> or few 30 seconds to a minute almost mm -hmm. of each track. Like I don't dude, I would love to get inside his brain because he, he, just understands things on another level. Yeah, he really knows how to write music that the music itself just takes you on a journey and it, it brings you in or it pulls you in and it, you know... It's a gift. It, it, it is 100% yeah. a gift. Absolutely. The perfect blending of art and craft is what that is. Of Warcraft. <laughs> <laughs> the art of Warcraft. <laughs> oh, yeah, which I think was a, a an art book that they released at some point. <laughs> oh, probably so. <laughs> if not, it's a missed opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely absolutely oh okay. man then, okay I, I i would not have been surprised if the third song in this block had been the one that you wanted me to hear because Fair. again excellent ooh. song of balderon from Baldur's gate 3 mm -hmm. oh my god packed with lore really sad beautiful female performance again i wish we knew who was the vocalist here and i i, I think it's there's different female vocalists right because some of the voices definitely don't oh, yeah, sound I'm the sure. same I really wish we knew who it was. I really hope. In fact, I might, when we're done here, I might go onto her YouTube and ask if she will. She's she's busy now because she had a kid a couple years ago, but I would love to hear Maluka, Maluka. do a cover of this song. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. This really reminded me of some of the stuff she's done. She would slay this, dude. She would kill this one so well. She totally would. Yeah. Anybody who's not familiar with her, M-A-L-U-K-A-H. We've uh, played her before on the show several of, times in our YouTube we, covers we have, episodes. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have a lot of, she has a lot of YouTube covers. Uh, my personal favorites is, um, oh, I can't remember what it's called. It's a, uh, it's from, from the Elder Scrolls. Um, uh, I'm going to have to Is to it Dragonborn? It is it that one? The Dragonborn no, Comes? It's not, it's not that Dragonborn. One? It's not the Dragonborn Comes. Um, I could sing it for you, the whole thing right now. It's about, <laughs> um, it, it's about when these three oppressed 
people come together to like like fight off this uh fight off the the people that came to oppress them um oh, man I- i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to look it up but that's okay talk a little about this song while i do that man like you said this track is so packed with lore right if you pay attention and the the lyrics are so beautifully written um don't know who i don't know if borislav is the one that actually wrote the lyrics as well i wouldn't be surprised if he did the dude is multi-talented apparently but um the way that they weave the narrative into this track and apparently i think this is music that accompanies a cutscene in the game as you get further in that is my assumption based on what people have said and what i have seen um which a lot of the music on the soundtrack is like they only some of the stuff only plays in like one specific moment and is super powerful super impactful when it does play um balderon is is he i don't think he's a no he's definitely not an original character balderon is a a, another wizards of the coast character he was a legendary seafaring explorer and namesake of the city the founder of of Baldur's gate Gate. right as she's saying um but eventually would go on to become the mind flayer known as the emperor so he definitely has really sad story i was gonna say one of those fallen heroes tragic stories that we talked about earlier this year man if this if this game had come out before then this song would have fit on there it would have been perfect (laughs) (laughs) but at least we get to hear it now dude i'm gonna this one is gonna go on my playlist because i gotta listen to this over and over i love this song kind of the same like uh down to the river it's got it's an it's a song it's not just a track you know it is did you find the maluka track you were talking about i did it's three hearts is one which is also a story song but so maluka three hearts is one if you if you looked it up on youtube that's my favorite maluka song but she's done a whole lot of great ones very nice very nice well, do you I'm say, man? Ask if she'll cover this, though. <laughs> Last block. You ready? One more time. I'm ready, dude. I am ready. I'm excited. Let's do this. Three of our last four, right? Because as we always do here on the show, we're going to listen to all four, including the closeout. You guys won't hear the closeout till we're done and we come back. Three of these last four are vocal tracks, and they <laughs> are all incredible. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into I Want to Live from Boulder's Gate 3. Just bound our bodies, no bodies. 
Next, we're going to take a listen to Bard Dance from Baldur's Gate 3.
closing out this block, we're going to take a listen to Raphael's final act from Baldur's Gate 3. Life's all mortal lives expire. Souls go to their dooms in flame forever. Coming back in, unfortunately, for the final time, because that means we're almost done, and we actually, unfortunately, are already finished listening to new tracks, Bedroth. I wish we had more to listen to on this episode. Could have did the entire soundtrack on this episode and been here for six hours and been totally content. Um, We listened to I Want to Live from Baldur's Gate 3, which is an amazing back-and-forth male-female vocalist track, which is kind of what you were looking for last week on the AI Takeover episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. This yes, is it. it. This is what you wanted. This is this is what I wanted, man. This this whole last block was so good, so good, including the closeout, including the closeout, um, very much, including the closeout. Yes. But my God, <laughs> dude, I want to believe, and I don't know if this is true, but in my heart, I, I want to believe. believe. I gotta believe. I want to believe that this is Borislav Slavov singing. the The accent maybe makes me think that it is. I don't know. I can't say for sure. I want to hope that it is, though. And this is insane. Some of the lyrics, like if you listen to what's being said, dude, some of these lines are so well written. 
I think the female says at one point, darling, get me drunk and invite me in. I love oh, yeah. that line so much. Yeah. yeah. Well, and <laughs> this is an little, intoxicating uh, track. Uh, and, and, and a little uh, uh, right before that, it says your blood is like wine to get me drunk. <laughs> Invite me in. Yeah. That's that's uh, super, super vampiric. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and I dig it. So good. Like uh, I said, I this, is, this is an intoxicating track, man. It's it's hard for me to pick a favorite on the soundtrack. Like I love so many of the tracks oh, that yeah. Borislav did for this OST. It's I don't know that I could pick a favorite because from top to bottom, I implore you guys to go, first of all, buy this fucking game. Support Larian Studios. Everything that they they poured so much into this, they deserve every ounce of money that they get from the sales. I hope they never sell out. I would love to see them just stay independent and keep making the games that they really understand how to make. Support this game. But if you don't want to play it, at least watch some gameplay of it. But really, listen to the soundtrack from start to finish because it takes you on such an emotional roller coaster. Even the playlist we put together for this bonus episode today, couldn't you see this being done on a Broadway stage? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, especially that third track, but we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. Oh, I, I could listen to I Want to Live on repeat and never get bored. Oh, yeah. Oh, just I'm still I'm, I'm like repeating that first minute because this reminds me so much of something in pop in like popular music. But I can't. It's really hard for me to place it because I don't pay as much attention, honestly, to a lot of popular music as I do to video game music because I don't do a podcast about it. So, man, oh, that that male vocal, it, it's it's not this, but he, he sounds kind of like John Lennon. But um. Come Kinda, yeah. Uh, has has the same sort of sort of tenor, uh, so to speak. Pardon the pun, but but it obviously doesn't sound like the Beatles. Um, but but. I don't know. It kind of reminds me also of like Darren Korb's work. Yes, very much Darren Korb. I got that vibe too. What I love about his vocals, whoever it is, again, they're not perfect. There is a hint of imperfection there, mm -hmm. and I feel like it could be by design, and it makes me love it even more. Yeah, I mean, it's so clear that everything on this soundtrack is done like live. It's done with real instruments. This is not, there are no sense. The choir is a choir of real people. Uh, uh, that male choir on one of the songs from earlier in the night, you know, you can hear they're hitting the consonants in like slightly different places. Um, and like everything is just, it, it sounds so real. And I, I said this off mic earlier, I think that I'm sure that adds to the immersion in the game because oh, yeah. it, it, it feels like it's a part of the world that you're in. And that's the beauty of this soundtrack, the immersion, right? You get so immersed in what's going on and the music just, it amplifies it to a level that is rarely seen in games. There are some games that do it very, very well, but it's rare that you see it done on a masterful level. And I feel like the immersion that the soundtrack has, even when you have no idea what's going on in the game at this point, right? Like there, most of the stuff we heard here in this, I don't know what's going on, but I am totally invested and I am totally immersed in what's being said and what I'm hearing. My ears have never been happier. <sighs> Yeah, man, it's just just so good. It's so, so good. good. It's so freaking good, man. 
I, I, the other thing I love about this last block is that you've got three very distinct styles. Oh, yeah. Here. Oh, yeah. And that we, was by as design. As we move into bard dance, uh, the, the one track of these last four that's not a vocal track. Indeed. I mean, it, it's, it's exactly what I expected when I saw the title, and the title made me so excited. This, you want to talk about real instruments. Man. I wanted to have a traditional medieval bard sounding track, right? Because even though we had oh, The Weeping it. Dawn earlier, which is a bard side quest song, it's a ballad, right? When most people think of bards, this is what they think of. And I wanted mm -hmm. to, and this is really one of the only tracks that sounds like this on the soundtrack. So I really wanted to highlight this because I think it's so fun. And it's using so many instruments. Uh, you said all it's missing is a tambourine. And you're right, dude. They're even mm -hmm. using like one yeah. of those sit down drums that I feel like he might be the, the person playing could be sitting on one of those box drums almost sitting on it, just banging on the side. Yeah. Yeah, man. And I, I mean, a, a bard, um, you know, we talked about earlier, might have been off mic again on the uh, the Gather Your Allies track mm -hmm. when it gets all triumphant and stuff um, that I played. I said it was a paladin track. I, I played a lot of paladins and uh, and clerics back when I was religious because they were, you know, the religious characters. And after I got into college, though, a lot of my time was also spent playing bards uh, because I, I was really into music. I was also really into story um, and bard. I mean, the the, the term bard is something that we get from Celtic culture. And so it makes sense that this sounds like bard music because originally it was. Bards were, bards weren't just minstrels in Celtic society. They were almost like sages. They were almost like wise men. Um, they, they were, uh, th they held the history of the people in song. And that's how people learned about their past. That's how they learned about their gods. That's, that's how they experienced culture was through their bards. Um, th and they were also a a lot of times kind of a cross between it like a an advisor and almost like a, a jester yeah. in a way mm -hmm. because they offered both advice and entertainment and this sounds like a celtic festival it's like you're in a forest and people are just dancing around this fire and just everybody's having a good time and drinking a lot of mead and it just it's just it's so nice it's such a nice song it is when i when i played dungeons and dragons like tabletop setting i usually went with either a warlock or a ranger uh for my character but in game for Baldur's gate 3 i think i mentioned it earlier i am playing as a fighter um i wanted a little bit of a different experience and i've been having so much fun as a fighter it's good man that's good um i don't know when i eventually play this game i don't know what i'm going to pick because i mean obviously like you said there's a whole buffet of options and people are taking three hours to make a character yeah um i don't know though it's uh i might just have to go with a bard and you know figure out my race see what's available but uh but that just feels right at this point yeah we'll and see. bards are quite good in Baldur's gate 3 they are quite good good, good. yeah bards were given a little bit of a a little bit of a beef i think in fifth edition which i'm sure this is at least somewhat based on it is 100 um, based on fifth edition for the most part okay yeah yeah so uh so yeah that's good i'm glad i'm glad yeah yeah, Bard Dance wanted to make sure it was here, right? Because it's one of the only ones on the soundtrack that has that traditional medieval flair. And man, it just shows that there's there's really nothing that Borislav can't do, I don't think. I'd love to see him expand his range and just see what else he's capable of because he nails this style so well. He nails every style that we're hearing on the soundtrack and the episode so well. Dude, it'd be crazy to hear him do some other things too. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. What do you think about that last track? Oh, that brings us to Raphael's <laughs> final act. <laughs> and man, oh my God. You were right. This th th this is this is from a Broadway musical. Like 100%. That, that's just that that's what it is. 
is, and and you mentioned this is a it's it's a villain song with it vocals. It is, which is which is a boss fight too. <laughs> I know we we like talking about some of these tracks, you know, like the Great Mighty Pooh and things from Conquer's Bad Fur Day, where the bosses are involved in the track that's playing while you're fighting them. And yeah, the Phantom dude, he, he's from ta- uh, yeah. Mario Bros. Rabbids. He's talking trash to you as you fight him. It's amazing and through the song. I love it so much. Yeah, totally is. Uh, th- this is Raphael, the, the title character in the song, voiced by um, Andrew Wincott, who has not done a whole lot of stuff. I was no. surprised because... And that is him man, in this track he, as well. Yeah. It also... I mentioned I was going to reference a kind of a deep cut here. This song and his voice sounds so much like the Jekyll and Hyde musical score, which if you have not listened to it, you need to. It's so good. I don't know that I'm super familiar with that. I'm sure I've heard maybe one or two things from it, but I'll have to go seek that out. Um, The way that that he sounds also reminds me of Danny Elfman as Jack Skellington in Nightmare Before Christmas. Going back to what we talked about in the Masters of Hollywood episode. Like he talks, talks, sings, I should say. In almost the same exact way. It also, his his voice isn't as deep as Tony J's voice, but Tony J's performance as Count Frollo in Hunchback of Notre Dame, oh, I was really getting those okay, vibes here okay, as well. Okay, okay, yep, I hear it. I hear it for sure. And another, I mean, and another organ, track that has also, back and forth between male and female, but yes, the organ, my God, when that kicks in. Phantom of the Opera, dude. Yes. That organ kicks in right around the 30 second mark. It is, it is magical. It is magical. Ooh, these vocalists are so good. Every single (laughs) one of them. Every single one that we listen to. Yeah, every single vocalist just absolutely kills what they set out to do for this soundtrack. It's, like I said, this is going to end up being one of my favorite soundtracks of the year, if not my number one by the time we get to the end of 2023. Mm, yeah, it's I'm I'm sold, man. I'm sold. Uh, as soon as I have a computer that can run it, I'm going to get it. You should. <laughs> you 100% should invest in this game. Love it. Dude, it's, it's such a long game. You could spend hundreds of hours. I think most normal playthroughs take anywhere from like 80 to 110 hours to get through, but you could spend so much more time depending on what you decide to do or if you just explore the world even more and get lost and just get immersed even more. But again, the replayability, right? You could see something completely different, make different choices, maybe choose to make different major choices, kill off certain characters. Every campaign that you do in Baldur's Gate 3 and in some way is going to be different. Yep, yep. You know what, dude? The more I'm thinking about it, we should do an episode of, like, you know, bosses that sing in there. Or even just characters that sing in game if we can't find that many bosses. I think that would be a really fun, fun thing to try. We'll put it up on the calendar somewhere. That would be fun. That would be fun. I think we might already have that on the list somewhere. But we'll we'll, we'll, we, we'll slot it in. We have on the idea in. list, I'm sure. Yeah, we'll slot it but in yeah, somewhere. Yeah, sounds we'll good. slot it in somewhere. Oh, but man... As good as that was. As good as that was. Great night. Lengthy bonus episode. Lengthy bonus episode, but worth it. I will say, worth it. Um, we still have one more track to talk about before we close this out. And that's our yes, closeout. Yes, we do. Which happens to be the power. Also, the credits music in Baldur's Gate 3. And really, the only track that really has kind of a, a more rock 
modern rock feel to mm-hmm. it compared to anything else on the soundtrack. Sick drums, sick guitar. Oh my god. And back to that light motif, the melody from Down to the River. Down by the River, yeah. Yeah, it's in so many of these tracks they just reuse that melody and apply different lyrics over that melody. It's it's so well done, dude. There had to be so much thought poured into this. Like, it's impressive. And yeah, this track does go so many places. places man. <laughs> <laughs> so many places. It's, uh, I mean, um, you know, in a female vocalist portion in the first minute here, and I know it's about to change. It's about <laughs> to change because it always does. It's Borislav. He's going to change yep. up his tracks every minute or so. Um, That's Borislav. <laughs> you, uh, you you asked me or you were thinking like, man, I'm surprised you didn't do Song of Balderon as the closeout. And then we got further into this and you're like, oh, oh, I see why you didn't. This has to be the closeout. <laughs> yeah, it could, couldn't be anything else. <laughs> this is perfect. It's so perfect, man. And it's... And man, it encapsulates when you guys everything. get to it. It's oh so my good. God, it's so good. It, this encapsulates everything that I think I love about the soundtrack and more specifically just Baldur's Gate 3 as a as a complete package. Um, I would not be shocked if I rank this as my number one for game of the year when, when we do our game of the year awards type podcast for play on arrival. I would not be surprised to see this as number man. one. Yeah. Again, not not even just for soundtrack, but probably game of the year as well. It is my favorite game I've played so far this year. Okay, I was going to say uh, I know that you you enjoyed um, Final Fantasy sixteen more I sure than Tears the Kingdom. I sure did. I I like this more than Final Fantasy sixteen so far, and I'm well, only still that's... in Act One. I mean, I feel like the only game left this year that really has the potential to be like an like an upset uh, for the other games that have come out is Super Mario Wonder because it's a Mario game. See, I disagree. Um, I think that Super Mario Wonder and Super Mario RPG Remake will be great, but I think oh, I think yeah. that um, and we're going to do something fun just so you guys know for Super Mario RPG Remake later in the year uh, that we'll announce at some point. Uh, we're going to do something really yeah. fun for that one. But I think there are two games that could edge something out because there's been so many great games that came out this year. Uh, first of all, Starfield, which comes out soon, right? Starfield oh, launches yeah, on September true. 6th. I think that if Bethesda pulls it off, could potentially edge something out that's already released this year. Again, but also, if it delivers on its promise. Absolutely. Yeah, like this it one has did. to deliver on the promise. Uh, if it does, it could be one of my favorites of the year. And I'm also still holding out really high hope for Marvel Spider-Man 2 in October. Oh, yeah, that's true. Man, this year is so unfair. <laughs> this year's insane, dude. It's this so year's stacked. insane. It's insane. It's, and that's, you know, and that's no discount to like other big, massive games that I'm really looking forward to. I know I've said it before on the show because I've talked about the game Control and obviously the other Alan Wakes and Max Payne when Remedy used to be it, but I'm I'm a massive fan of Sam Lake and Remedy Entertainment. I can't wait for Alan Wake 2. Like, that could be one of my favorite games of this year, but I don't think it edges out something like Final Fantasy 16 or, or Baldur's Gate 3 for yeah. me. Yeah, well, and I mean, there's there's Sea of Stars. Sea which, of Stars, absolutely, which is going to be probably the um, biggest indie release this year. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. Sea of Stars, and um, yeah, man, I'm just... It's incredible. <laughs> this 2023 has been something magical, and I think it's just perfect that Baldur's Gate 3 happened to come out 
out in this year, in such a strong year, and blew everybody away. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely, dude. This has been a fantastic episode. The, the soundtrack, you as me. you said, yeah, soundtrack blew me away. I'm glad you were here. I'm glad you didn't hear anything previously on the soundtrack before we came into this. I wanted you to, you know, live reactions, live thoughts. That's exactly what I was hoping for. And I honestly, you know, I, I knew you were going to be blown away, but there's always the potential that, oh man, maybe he doesn't like it as much as I think he will. But I'm glad you enjoyed this as much as I thought you would, because that's why I wanted you here. This I was going to do this solo because I felt so compelled about the soundtrack to Boulder's Gate 3 that I knew that I wanted to do an episode. That's why we're doing two bonus episodes in September. Um... But I wanted you here for this one because I knew that you would appreciate this music as much as I do. I did. You were right. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I know it's getting late and it's getting long. Anything to plug before we get on out of here? I don't. No plugs this time, except, uh, again, I actually have heard it now. Thank you for uh, shouting out my daughter, Shuka Pow, on the last bonus episode. Oh, you heard Pikmin the pimping. 4. Nice. I did. I did. <laughs> and um, really appreciate it. Her, uh, her production has slowed down a little bit as she's been getting used to college, but she is working on getting stuff out there. And and uh, really appreciates supports anything that you can do um, who's listening out there it's uh, at shoot kapow on YouTube or just you know look up shoot kapow on YouTube you'll find her and uh, yeah um, engage she has a discord and um, just uh, go go check it out but since you moment, listened to I, that episode how did you feel on the Pikmin 4 music it's different isn't it? it it was but I also did feel like it it fit the series oh it fits um, but it's so different yeah it, it, it is it's, it's, it's very strange um <laughs> but it, i mean it's supposed to be uh i think if you're a fan of that kind of thing which you definitely is then you're gonna love the music um and you know it was it was enjoyable to listen to and listen to you guys talk about i will say there was a part um on uh one of the long legs tracks that plays early on the prop Jeff, long legs. Uh, mentioned uh there's a part where it like i don't know there's some kind of of big thing in the song and uh he was on his way back up to uh to where the area where we live from where he was before he moved and he was up on this big overpass uh, going from highway to highway and there was a, a plane landing in a nearby airport and he felt like he was at one point he felt like he was like on the same level as the plane and that's when that part of the song kicked in and it was one of those moments where like what you're listening to fits what you're doing that's so sick fits what you're doing like perfectly and it was it was amazing so it's uh, one of those things that make you feel like you're living in a simulation yep at least uh, at least one one thing y'all did on the episode really gave somebody a magical moment in their day. So Nice. Well, Jeff, I'm glad. And I, Jeff, sure you listen to this one too. I hope you enjoy this as much as I do. <laughs> I don't know if he's a fan of D&D at all, but I hope he loves his music too. Oh, yeah. He, um, yeah, he's done some D&D before. He's, he's, he's probably about like me, so. Okay. All right. Fair, fair, fair. All right, man. Well, I think, unfortunately, that's going to bring us to the close of this bonus episode. We do want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of BG Mania made possible, of course, by RPGera.com. If you like video game music, and more importantly, you like us and you want to help us grow the show, check the description box for ways you can do just that, including a link to join our Discord community. Click it, join it, interact with us. Don't forget to leave us comments on these episodes. I love reading the comments you guys leave. Leave more. Please. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Radio Hour is going to be fun next week. Uh, well, Radio Hour was fun last week. Uh, as a time of recording, it's going to be fun next week. But uh, this will post <laughs> after Radio Hour. Um, we've already got our submissions from listeners. Clark's going to be on there again. Um, it's going to be a fun episode. I can't wait to do that. But obviously, that's in the past at this point. So 
taking is out of this bonus episode, let's take a listen to The Power, otherwise known as The Credit Song, from Baldur's Gate 3. Once again, this release on August 3rd, 2023. Everything you heard today on the soundtrack was composed by Borislav Slavov. Keep the music playing and keep it loud. Thank you. 